Hello and welcome back, folks, to another edition of the Electric Election Podcast. We are in the Shenandoah Valley, God's country, right outside Woodstock, Virginia, and I'm joined by William French Jr. of French Brothers Dairy, an old friend of mine. I've been trying to get to this farm, actually, for almost 13 years, and what makes it so exciting, in that period of time, this farm has gone robotic. Can you yeah. tell us a little about where we are and what makes this uh, dairy farm so special? Absolutely. Um, so. This dairy farm is actually on the ground um, that my great-great-grandparents' house is on, um, which is right over there. My great-grandparents' house is right behind us. Um, and so this farm has been here for over 100 years. And about five years ago, um, we made a, a move to robotic dairy farming, which you can see behind us. Um, and it is a, a system that gives the cows free choice to move through. They get fed there, which helps draw them into the robots. And once there, they get milked. Um, so it's a system that cleans and attaches the milking equipment, allows the uh, cows to be milked out. And then once they're done, they get booted back into the barn. So my story about learning about kind of robotic farming actually starts with you. I, and about five years ago, I, I remember you telling me that you were working with John Deere, that you'd gotten your robotics degree out of Virginia Tech, uh, Go Hokies, you know. That's right, Go Hokies. Uh, exactly. But, uh, you know, can you speak a little bit to those who aren't as familiar with kind of the uh, driverless robotic kind of automated trend in farming and why that's so important long term? Sure. Um, so I think the great untold success story of American agriculture is how cheap our food is, right? We go to the grocery store, we spend a phenomenally low amount of money um, on the food that's there, and that's all made possible by the efficiency that we drive on modern farms. Um, and that comes from farmers being more efficient with their inputs, so growing more corn for less fertilizer. Um, we get much more milk per cow based on the feed that we, we feed them um, and all of that is enabled by this technology that we have um, that tells us which of our cows are the high producing cows, right? So which cows do we want to make sure that we keep uh, the calves from so that our herd becomes more efficient? Uh, and technology enables that in every facet right now, you know, crops, livestock, um, really the full spectrum. And robotics is just a, one part of that. So if you wanted to tell the story of kind of American farming and all that innovation to somebody who's not really familiar with it, one of those great bits that I've enjoyed about this road trip is, you know, we're going from rural to urban and you realize really in the rural communities, they feel misunderstood. Where would you kind of start to try to explain to somebody who can't have the time to come out here, uh, why are you, you're trying to make a difference, where you're trying to make the best use of your land and why this is actually really important to the long-term story of American success? Sure. Um, that's a big question. Yeah, it is. Um, we are a small business. We're probably a medium-sized business, you know, but very involved from a family standpoint. Like I said, great-great-grandparents, great-grandparents, grandparents, parents, me, and, you know, hopefully future generations will continue to work this farm. Um, and that's all enabled by us being efficient businessmen. Um, by efficient business practices, using data and engaging with uh, our customers, um, and to really try to explain to people in urban areas, you know, people that come from Seattle, what it means to be on a farm. Um, it, it, we're not old McDonald in overalls. Um, we are running businesses. Every farm that you see is a small enterprise, um, and they're run like modern businesses. Uh, so 
the, all the, the computers that we use, uh, all the data that we collect to make these kind of decisions are the same data that you'd see in you know, a grocery store or a pharmacy or, or any number of small businesses across America. Well, and that's that kind of concept, whether you're at John Deere working on automation, whether you're back in, and, you know, at GM working on electric trucks, there's actually a thread of what I would call green manufacturing or just like really American-made sustainable practices that become really important, whether it's rural or urban. Do you think we could do a better job looking at America as a whole versus kind of splitting it apart? Because it really is a, a pretty common thread here. Yeah, I mean, so for us, um, being environmental stewards is extremely important to us, right? Our, our livelihood is the land. Uh, so we want to take care of that for ourselves and for future generations. Um, and that is the environmentalism that we talk about just in a slightly different name, right? And, and one that applies to us and farmers. Uh, and it also is driven by efficiency, um, which is using, getting more outputs for the, for less, for the same inputs. Um, and that's a common thread across all of us, right? Every business out there wants to generate more money for the same input costs, um, use their data more efficiently. Uh, and so we're really singing the same song, right? Um, it's just ours involves a lot more cows. Well, and <laughs> there are cows <laughs> everywhere. There are cows pooping, there are cows peeing. This is, this is a real process. Um, one thing that kind of connects for me on this whole conversation is this concept of trying to diversify what you can produce or get more out of it. You'd mentioned that farmers in America, you know, if they'd been producing a, a certain product or I learned about corn, you know, it really hasn't changed. The price of corn hasn't gone up. They're not, there's not ways to really make extra money there. Where do you think we could do a better job to try to help farmers incentivize mixing in, let's say, solar panels on their land where they might have grass that's usually for cows or, you know, adding in ways for them. We talked a little bit about growing CBD, you know, because it's a bush that grows really fast. So you could carbon sequester maybe in areas you couldn't actually get value. Where do you kind of think about the 21st century farmer and how we can do a better job preparing them for a new marketplace? You know, diversif diversification uh, is an interesting concept. Um, we're actually a very diversified operation here. We have dairy, beef, and we sell some of our crops. Um, it really depends on the farms themselves and their locations and their customer base, right? So uh, informing customers in Northern Virginia, which is nearby to us, uh, across the country on what does American agriculture produce? What's the best way to support um, small, medium, large farms, right? By buying American-made products, um, buying value-added products. So there's a lot of farms that their diversification, you know, they're a dairy farm, they continue to produce dairy, but they'll also sell cheese or ice cream or something from a farm stand. And that allows them to get uh, a lot more value from their raw product. You know, I'm traveling around the United States right now with a, a group of people, all different backgrounds, ethnicities, uh, kind of geographic areas. You and I both met as, you know, kind of in our own way, closeted people. You're from kind of rural Virginia. I'm from, you know, outside of Seattle. It's a bit of its own bubble. And, and when we were pages in U.S. Congress, I think we both became more empowered, better stewards of our country. How important is it for us to travel, to pop our bubble, and to even as much as we become, you know, I think you're always going to be a, a steward of this community. I'm always going to love Seattle and try to help it. How do we bridge that gap to do the best in both of our communities? Because we, we shouldn't be alone. We can, we can be connected even, even with this cow uh, be, between us. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think 
for all of us, uh, what social media has enabled, um, what talking to you on podcasts like this has enabled is allow farmers to tell their stories and understand the commonality that we share. You know, we grew up as two kids about as far apart in America as you can get, about as far apart culturally as you can get. Um, but to know that we have a lot in common, we care about the same things, um, and to just learn your story, for you to learn my story here and see our farm and where we're from, um, I think helps bridge that divide a lot and let people know that we have a lot in common. Um, American agriculture loves to tell the stories of our operation, um, right? We wanna tell you the story of our farm because um, that story is getting told by people that aren't on farms right now. Um, and I think it leads to a lot of confusion. Um, and I think there's people who aren't telling the American agricultural story with the best interest of agriculture and its consumers. Um, so being able to reach out, um, being interested in the world around you and people who share different viewpoints is incredibly important. Uh, and the opportunities we get to come visit Seattle and go to a University of Washington game or uh, come here to Shenandoah County and hang out in the barn um, is incredibly valuable for us. Well, and it's special. It's something that I, you know, the U.S. House Page program doesn't exist anymore, but I'll never forget kind of that basis and what it, it really gave to me and, and I think it, it gave to you. We've been closing out uh, each of our conversations by asking whoever meeting with what, what they hope we find across the country. I'll make that very personal. You probably have not known me as somebody who visited farms and that wasn't really my background. This is one of my first experiences going all across the United States as my friend. What do you hope? Saul Spadey, kind of the, the progressive Seattleite, uh, you know, nut job that you know. What, what do you hope he finds as he's driving around in the Tesla? So. I think what's important is to understand our commonality, right? Um, I've driven across America, I love it. And part of the reason that I love it is I get to see, you know, as a kid who grows up in this environment, uh, as someone who cares about rural America, there's rural America everywhere, right? But I go to a city and I see things that very much uh, I, I have in common with people that live there. Um, so to get out and see what we have in common, what makes America so special, you know? Um, there's deserts and grasslands and mountains um, and oceans. And I think we're incredibly fortunate to live in the country that we do and have the ability to travel in the way that we travel. Um, but just to go out and understand that it all looks different. We're all told that we are very different people right now, but there's a great commonality across this. Um, if you see that on your trip, then, then you've had a great one, right? Well, uh, you've described a lot of what we found on the trip. You've described a lot of why I, I value you as a friend so much. And man, thank you for responding to my text message. For everybody out there, this conversation happened on like a 15 minute, just spur of the moment. And uh, this is how learning happens. We have to bridge our gaps. We have to find the friendships and we have to really find the commonalities instead of the differences because there are things that we can learn here in Shenandoah that can be taken back to Seattle and really the farming community where I'm from. And so it's my job to learn and share that. So thank you, my friend. And yep. uh, I hope to be back soon. I've heard you have Absolutely. a great Fourth of July party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on out. <laughs> Best be great to see you again. All right, well, folks, uh, this is a special edition of the Electric Election Road Trip. I'm Saul Spady signing off, William French Jr. to my left. Uh, well, we'll see you in, uh, where are we going next? Blacksburg, Virginia, and then Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks, y'all.